What is up? It's your host, Alicia, and you're here for a good time. And so am I. Could you imagine if I used that line the moment I showed up to a guy's house for like a one night stand? Epic. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Here for a Good Time. We are here for a good time with my friend Taryn. And Taryn, I will let you do your intro. But Taryn and I are both from the PNW, so I'm super excited to have a PNW girly here with me again. And Taryn, take it away. Who are you and what do you do? Yeah, so thanks so much for having me. And I love our little podcast swap we have going on right now. Um, but my name is Taryn Rochelle. I'm the CEO and founder of the Socialized Style Co. Um, I am a systems geek, so it's all things systems and client experience. But in my real life and why I love having systems is I am a mom of two. Um, I have a seven-year-old and a almost four-year-old. I'm in the middle of planning his birthday party right now. It's Mario themed, so I'm having lots of fun with it. Um, I am a wife. I've been married for five years. Um, And because of a lot of things that have happened in my life, which is, you know, what we're going to talk about today, I really need systems and structure in my life because Mm. I've had a lot of things that you cannot plan for happen to me in my life. And Mm. so the things that I can control and create structure and systems around, I need to, and it helps me really function in my day-to-day life, in my business, show up better as a mom, show up better as a wife. Um, So then, you know, when any more of these, you know, things that I can't control happen, um, do happen, I can have, you know, everything else running in the back end of my life, like my business, so I can focus on my personal life and my mental health. Totally. And I think it's so important to um, figure out what those systems look like for you in your life. So business aside, because I feel like I try and have systems in my life, but then shit hits the fan. And I'm like, absolutely not. I'm going to like lay on my back and look at my ceiling for the next like five hours and just like simmer in my shit. Um, so a bit of trigger warning. Um, if you are listening there, maybe talk about grief and, um, just singleness and all of that in this podcast. Um, but I know we were chatting a bit before and what essentially started everything when it came to trying to prioritize like your mental health and, um, figuring out what, you needed in your life in order for it to run as smoothly, especially being a mom. Yeah, definitely. So when I was 21, um, I found out I was pregnant. Um, and you know, that was a big shock for me, you know, just hit 21. I was like ready to take on the world, um, one bar at a time. And I, just wasn't prepared. And I I wasn't in a situation where I was, you know, married and things like that. And so um, that was like my big thing where I was like, whoa, like, you know, my life is going to change. And I I am pro, you know, choice and everything like that. um, But I chose to, you know, keep my daughter. um, And I did it by myself. And I thankfully had my family around and things like that. Um, But during that time of my pregnancy, so the same day that I found out that I was having a girl um, was the same day that we found out my mom had stage four stomach cancer. And um, stomach cancer is one that it's pretty much they're just prolonging your life when you get to that point. 
It's not like a, you know, my dad had throat cancer like a year ago. Um, And so with that, you know, he was able to go in remission, you know, things are fine now with my mom. It wasn't like that. It was like, you know, but I didn't know that my family kept me pretty like sheltered. I feel like I'm the baby of the family. I'm the only girl. Um, And I think they just like kept me very sheltered from it, even though I was 21 years old. Like, it's like when they found out I was pregnant, it was like that they were finding out like a child was having a baby. Like they just see me as the baby of the family still. And so when that happened, I didn't know all that. So I'm just like, okay, like I know about cancer, like, you know, we'll get through it and stuff. My mom immediately went through insane surgeries. They cut out about like 80% of her stomach. Um, Mm -hmm. She had a lot of like back and forth stuff of, you know, scares of her not even getting out of the hospital with her surgeries. Um, And at that time I was working retail. So I worked at Forever 21 at that point. Um, I was a store manager. So I was doing a lot. Um, We actually had like two managers at the time running the location I was at. So I was working like 60 plus hours a week. Like it was a lot while being pregnant and also going through everything with my mom. So that was like the first thing that had happened that was kind of like, okay, I need to figure out what I can do to prioritize my mental health because I also am now growing a human and I'm also trying to be there for my family and all these different things and like felt like I was being pulled in so many different directions and working so much, but my mental health was just like totally on the back burner, um, which I think just trickled into so many different, you know, things and I have really bad, you know, anxiety and depression and stuff like that now. Um, and I think resulting in me not prioritizing my mental health for so long. Totally. Um, and kind of backtracking to when you first learned about your mom, um, was there a part of you that, you know, figured, okay, my dad went through this and, you know, came out on the other side. Um, so is the same thing going to happen in this case? Because was there like an initial shock? I know for, I mean, it's different. It was my dog, um, who I was like attached to at the hip. When I first heard, I like spiraled so hard. I just couldn't take it. It was like, I think probably like one of the worst, like I would say 72 hours, all of it from like me learning to him passing happening, um, where it was just like, yeah, one big spiral. So like, what did that look like for you? And do you remember that moment when you found out? Yeah. Yeah. So my dad actually, so when I said like a year ago, it was like a year ago from today. So my dad actually had it after my mom. So that was like, I feel like that was harder for me because I had watched my mom die. And then my dad found out he had cancer. So when that moment happened and my dad find, finding out my dad had cancer, I was a complete wreck. When my mo- when I found out about my mom, I think because my mom was such a strong person throughout it, like everyone always like joked around. They're like, like, how does she even have cancer? Because my mom would go to chemo treatment and then she would like come see me at the mall, like and be shopping. Like that's just how my mom was. She's like, I'm not gonna let this stop me. Like I'm gonna keep living my life. And I think because, like, the way that she presented to me, like, with her cancer and, I, like, she was so positive about it. And, again, right. I didn't know what they were telling her of, like, her lifespan. So I'm thinking, oh, like, we're going to get past this and then she's going to live 20, 30 more years. You know what I mean? Oh. So, like, I'm not thinking, oh, I only have, you know, 
however many years I found out that in, um, and my daughter in 2016, um, and then my mom passed in 2018. So it's like, it definitely happened fast. Um, but there are so many things that I think happened and, you know, God or whoever you believe in, like put in my life, like my husband and things after we found out, um, that made it easier to go through and like easier in air quotes, because it was literally the hardest thing I've ever been through. Um, but I, I feel like finding out about my mom because of my mom's mentality about it, I didn't spiral as much when I first found out and I was pregnant. Like there were so many other things. Um, and then she like, she went through her treatment and everything and seemed to be getting better. So then I, again, not knowing what they were telling her, I'm thinking, oh, like we're on the other side of things. Um, but then obviously, you know, years later, that wasn't the case. Totally. And so kind of going through that timeline of like, you find this out and you then have your daughter, um, in, you said 2015, uh, 2016. Yeah. 20 or 2015. Yeah. Sorry. I said that date wrong. 2015. And so, um, what did those few years look like while, you know, you were dealing with this along with, um, having your daughter and then trying to also essentially get into dating? Because when did you know that like you were okay, essentially to open yourself up to something new and, um, how did that look like while navigating these other things in your life? Yeah. So I would say, okay, so I had my daughter in 2015. My mom had her surgery pretty soon after like we found out because she was stage four and they did her surgery. Like it was like, I go in for surgery like next week kind of thing. So that happened. Um, and I, that was probably in like, you know, the winter time. Um, because that's when I found out I was having a girl. So about the time, you know, halfway point of pregnancy, And I had my daughter a month early. Um, I had a high-risk pregnancy with both of my pregnancies too, which with Mm -hmm. my daughter, I didn't know. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think because I had so much going on in my life with my mom and work, I wasn't, again, paying attention to what I needed for myself, which was listening to my body of these like physical signs I was having about my high-risk pregnancy that I didn't find out that I was high risk until the week before I was induced. And so I was having all these issues and not really realizing it. Um, And then a week before I like kept going into the doctor and I was like, something's not right, blah, blah, blah. They kept doing all these tests and they found out I had a condition called cholestasis, um, which is a liver condition that you get when you are pregnant um, and it can cause stillbirth. And so my levels were so high that the doctor was like, you are getting induced tomorrow. And my doctor had called me on my birthday. So I'm thinking, oh, they're calling me to say happy birthday. Like how nice I'm not due for a month. And so I'm like, oh, this is so nice of them. And they're like, hey, you have this, you like your daughter could die. Um, and we need to induce you. And I'm like, okay, happy birthday to me. So me and my daughter's birthdays, I'm the 17th and my daughter's the 19th. Um, and so we are very close in our birthdays. Um, which I love now. Um, but it was like, definitely like a (laughs) interesting birthday to go through at the time. Um, and so I find that out. I have my daughter, 
Um, I'm obviously, that's just like me and her, but my family, I like never say I did it alone because I definitely didn't. Um, mm-hmm. Like I had so much support of my family and everything like that. Um, but, you know, like I went through all of it, you know, myself without like a significant other. And so it's like I had, you know, I've been single for so long, um, but I think it took me um, it took me a while to like six months after like she was born for me to feel like, you know, I could open myself up to like having a relationship, but then it was like, okay, how am I going to navigate that and navigate those conversations and also like make sure that I have like the right people around her and, you know, in my life because it's not just me anymore. You know, it's not just like, oh, I'm finding a boyfriend, you know, because you know, I was to put it back into pop culture. Um, like I was watching Vanderpump Rules with Lala and she was talking about, you know, when she was like on like a first date with a guy and she's like in the bathroom with Katie and she's like, why am I on a first date? And I'm over here like, you know, could this be the stepfather of my daughter? But it's like, that's right. literally like the mindset that you kind of have to be in is like, if I'm going to talk to this person, can I see them? being a father figure. And if it was like a no pretty instantly, I was just like, no, like, I don't care how good we get along. It's just, it's not going to work. Like it, it's not, especially if you're saying I don't want to have kids. Well, too bad. Like <laughs> two for one That's deal over so here. Funny. Cause like being on the other side and like somebody who doesn't have kids, but I have, you know, like either gone on dates or my, not my last ex, but the one before that had two of his own as well. And like, it was one of those things where I was like, am I even going to like your kids? Like, how is that dynamic going to work out too? Which I think is really important as well. Cause yeah, you could like really like this person and think they're going to get along with the kids and stuff, but your kids not, or kids might not like them and like vice versa. And I think that's something that like people overlook as well is like, okay, but how is this person, you know, going to be towards your children as well? And so it's so interesting to know that dynamic is on like both sides. Um, because it's, yeah, it's so different dating at like 33 than it was when I was 23. But I did have a question for you. When you had your daughter and, you know, essentially you weren't alone, was there ever a time in, say, even in the delivery room with your daughter where you were just like, oh, I wish, you know, like my partner was here, whether it was her, um, you know, biological dad or somebody that you were with? Um, or did you just like really feel that love around you from like, everybody else, which I'm sure you probably did, um, that it just kind of made you forget about that. Can you think? I really didn't. I really didn't think about it. Like I am, I'm such a, like an independent woman, like the phrase, like I am so like, like I got this kind of thing. Like I even told my husband and like, I don't know, I don't know if I'll get some hate on this comment, but it's like, I love you and appreciate you, but I don't technically like need you. You know what I mean? Like I like, like, you know what I mean? Like I, that's how I feel. And that's how I want my daughter to like, know, like be that confident in herself that like, that you can make it on your own if you have to. You know what I mean? Like, I want a partner where I feel like I want them in my life. Like, I want my husband in my life. I want him in my kid's life. I want him around me and all the time. Like, we both work at home. Like, we are with each other 24-7. But if something were to happen or if he were to step out on me or anything like that, like, I am not that kind of person that's like, oh, I need this person Mm -hmm. with me, like, you know, even if they cheat on me or do all these things. You know what I mean? And so – 
And that's how I felt in that situation. It was like, you know, with, you know, the biological one, I'm like, you know, I don't want that around, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm like, if they don't want to be here, I don't want them here. And so in that moment, I was like, you know, like, I felt great. I, you know, I was happy she was alive, because I just found out a day before that she could be dead. So Mm -hmm. it was like, that was like, you know, traumatic in itself. So I was happy that I did it. Like I went through my first labor. um, And I had my mom there. I had my best friend at the time there. Um, and then like all family came, you know, right after, like literally my dad had come and like left and then like needed to come right back because I was like going to into labor and like they were there right away. Like mm-hmm. I had family that still came, like my best friends, like parents came over to see me. Um, like they, they met her before even like my best friend met her cause she was living out of state. Um, and so like I had such a, like they said, like, you know, it's a tribe around you. Like I had such a tribe around me that I felt so loved and supported. Um, but yeah, I I mean, I get like having that feeling if a lot of people have had that feeling because now going through it in a different pregnancy of having my husband there and stuff, you know, it is definitely different. Um, but, you know, me and my daughter have such a strong bond um, that I wouldn't change, you know, what we went through for anything because that would have changed, you know, it could have changed how our relationship is and everything. Like everything happens for a reason. Totally. And I feel like that's just, that's the name of the game of life is everything happens for a reason and just trust the process of like right where you're at or what you're going through because the other side will look totally different. Um, and so, okay, now going back to, you're thinking you're ready to date. Where are you going? Or where, what are you on? I'm like trying to think back to those days. I was like, Tinder was definitely around. Yep. That's where I was. I was definitely on Tinder. I don't think I went on anything else. I'm trying to think of like, I don't think Bumble was around then. I don't remember. No, I think it was like probably in its early stages. I think that was like later. Like, yeah, 2018 or so. Yeah. Yeah. So it was definitely, I know I was, it was Tinder because that is where I met my husband. Um, and, and then just like going out too. like, I'm a very, my husband says I'm like the most outgoing person he knows. Like I will make friends with anyone at a bar. Um, like we'll get free drinks at a bar, even if I'm with my husband, like I'm just like that kind of a person. And I just, I love being social. My business name is social life Salco. Like being social is my thing. Um, and so I was just like meeting people at bars, which is like another, you know, kind of interesting experience with, you know, being a mom, um, Mm -hmm. because it's like, no, I'm not just gonna like go home with you, you know, whatever. (laughs) Um, I have to, you know, go take care of my daughter at home. Um, and so I was just, you know, putting feelers out there, seeing what I was comfortable with, like going on dates and stuff. Um, but I'll tell you guys the funny story of like the background of me and my husband. So we met on Tinder um, in about like October. So it's about like five months after I had my daughter or whatever. And so Uh we met on Tinder. That's when I started on there. And I was just like, just talking to people and not meeting anyone. I was just like swiping, seeing what this thing was all about. Um, and we met on there and we were talking and stuff. And then he just like fell off the face of the earth. Like he stopped responding, totally ghosted me. And I was like, okay, whatever. Um, and I started dating other people. Um, and then I started like dating someone, um, that was like my first like boyfriend after everything 
very mm-hmm. short lived. Um, and he started, my husband started dating someone else. And then we must have both like broke up with our other people at the same time. And then he had texted me and was like, Hey, cause at this point we had exchanged numbers before he ghosted right. me. And he had texted me and was like, Hey, like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I played, you know, the girl thing. I was like, <laughs> who is this? Um, like acting like I didn't have his number saved. And he was like, Taylor. I was like, Taylor who? He's like from Tinder. I'm like, can you be more specific? Like, I remember being so petty and I knew for sure who it was. And then he was like, you know, explain more. I was like, oh yeah, like you ghosted me. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, like, sorry, blah, blah. Like we both started like dating. He's like, oh, I started seeing someone and blah, blah. And I was like, cool, like not going to happen. And because he wanted to go out on a date, I made him literally work for it. So we talked for a whole month before I let him take me on a date, like in like actively talked every day, kept Mm -hmm. asking me to go on a date and I kept saying no. And then finally, I was like, okay, like he's put in the work, I will give him a chance. Um, And we went on a date and it happened to be when my parents had taken my daughter Um, for like a vacation they like wanted to go to Florida and they're like can we take Brooklyn with us and I was like sure like I haven't had time to myself in a almost a year at this point and I was like fine it'll be hard to be away from her but like it'll be nice to like feel like myself a little bit like just like be able to like go out and do things or like go to Starbucks don't have to like pack up the car seat and everything and just like go and do stuff um and so when me and him went on a date was when my daughter was gone so it was nice because we had our first date and we obviously like hit it off and we went on a date every day that week that my daughter was gone. Like we were like inseparable. Um, And it was so nice to have that time of like dating because when you have a kid, you can't really date. Like you can, but it's like getting a babysitter. It's not just like, Hey, you want to go get some pizza? And I hop in the car and come meet you. It's like, I have to get a sitter. I have to say, oh, maybe she has a cough. Like, I can't leave her. Like, you know, there's so many variables. So it's like you can't really date like normal dating. And so it was so nice to have that time frame of like us having that, you know, a week of doing that. And then when she came back, I waited a while until we were like exclusively like boyfriend and girlfriend was when I introduced them. Um and that was when she was a year old. Um, and so from then on, um, it's been, we had like one little like 24 hour breakup, uh, which we can go into <laughs> too. But um, that was like the only thing that we've had like since then. Those are always so funny. I feel like those are like some of my pettiest moments where I'm just like, I remember when I was with the guy in Seattle and I was out there and we had a fight and I remember just like going and sitting in my car being like, I'm going to go drive to my parents. And I sat in the car for maybe like 20 minutes and it was like 2 a.m. or something. And then I went back to the door and he's like, what are you doing? Like, just stop. And so, yeah, I just look back at those moments and I'm like, what the fuck? What, what was that? So petty, like, but like so good. Like, I mean, it's like right? it, <laughs> they need it sometimes. Like it needs know, to happen. I know you got to stick it, you know, scare them a bit. Um, but I also like laugh because I'm just like, sometimes you need just like a really good fight, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely true. I mean, like, so to make a long story really short, like when we did break up, 
for a weekend. And I made it very clear, like if there was any point where like, this is too much, like, you know, I am a package deal, like, Mm -hmm. let me know, like immediately, you know, so we, we don't get attached. She doesn't get, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then there was like one weekend that I think he had like a, like how I was saying, like when you have a kid, like things are just different and Mm -hmm. like he wanted to go to like a festival thing and I wasn't really able to go. And it was kind of like this, like, I think a realization moment of him of like, wow, like my life is going to change. Like if this Mm. goes to that next step. And I think he had like that minor, like little freak out moment, which is totally understandable when you're not like necessarily like forced in the situation of like, it's your kid, you know what I mean? And so it's like, it's different. I always said, like, just be honest with me and stuff like that. If you ever get to those moments, Um, and so I think that was his moment and, you know, we broke up. He was like, you know, like I just, it was very sudden to me. Like I was just like completely shocked. Like my family was shocked. His family was shocked. Mm -hmm. Like his mom is very much like not someone that gets in your business kind of thing. And like, she was like, you know, like, I don't really know why you're breaking up with her, you know, kind of thing. And so Like we broke up and I am like, you break up with me. I mean, you heard how petty I am. Like you break up with me. Like I'm done. Like I'm not going to like burn your stuff, but like I will pack your stuff, leave it outside. And like that it'll be waiting for you within 10 minutes, you know, kind of thing. And so we broke up. I had my good cry. My best friend came over. My mom came over. Obviously I'm upset. That next day I was like, okay, like, can I, I don't know if I can swear on here, like bad bitch energy. Like I am like, I am like, I am figuring this out. I got all this stuff packed up because at this point he's pretty much living with me. Like Uh he has his own place, but like he has so much stuff at my house. I packed up everything and had it outside. And I was like, Hey, all your stuff's outside, like by the next day. And like, he's told me like now, like he's like, that was like so shocking to him that I was so like done um, like I wrote him like a letter because that's just like, I need to like get my frustrations out. But if I like text it or talk about it, it's not going to be pretty. So I put it out there with a letter on there. And he said that like, he knew he messed up like the minute he left my house, like when mm-hmm. he did break up with me, but he could tell how hurt I was, that there was no mm-hmm. way he could circle back and be like, just kidding. Um, right. so he like grabbed his stuff and left. And then that next day, so this happened on a Friday he picked up his stuff on Saturday. Sunday was the Seahawks game. I was like, I'm going out with my friends. My mom's like, I'm going to watch Brooklyn. I went out with my friends. He calls me and he's like, where are you? And I'm like, I'm at a Seahawks party. And he's, I'm like, where are you? He's like, at your house. And he had showed up at my house. He was all dressed up. He had roses. He like came to like apologize and to get back together. But again, me being petty bitch over here, I was like, well, I'm not going to just drop what I'm doing and go over there. So mm-hmm. I waited, still had my fun and then went there. And he said that he looked like a guy that was like stood up for prom. Like he was there in like dress clothes and roses <laughs> and was just sitting outside my house for hours. Um, and then I finally showed up and we talked and, you know, talked it through. And obviously, you know, now we're married and have another kid. So it all worked out, but you know, sometimes I guess being petty is, is necessary. (laughs) I think there's like times for it. So like if he had done something like say cheated or something, I would be like, girl, no, like don't even go back. It's not, you know, worth it. But there are moments where you're like, you know what? Yes. It's totally fine to like work and like fight for your relationship and like 
figure out what that's going to look like as long as that I think person hasn't betrayed your trust because my biggest thing is whether it's in friendship or you know like a romantic relationship or even with family members um is like if there's no trust then like what do you really have and so because I think the situation was obviously so different um and I'm so glad that you, you know, figured your shit out um, afterwards and had your fun first, because I think that's so important, too, is like not dropping everything for, you know, somebody and being like, OK, no, this is like my life as well. And so really taking into consideration your feelings in that moment and like acknowledging it and also sitting with it. So good on you. OK, well, now he's like been stood up for prom. You guys get back together. When does like the wedding happen? Because I know there was you know, a lot of emotions around the wedding. And like, I've even seen your wedding video and like totally teared up because there was like just so much to it. Um, so take us through that. Yeah. So, um, everyone will probably think we got married very fast. Um, but I think we, I think it all happened again for a reason. Mm -hmm. Um, and like now looking back on it, it's definitely because my mom was going to die, but Mm -hmm. I didn't know that at that moment. And so we um, started dating in um, in 2016. That, that's where I got that date mixed up. So in 2016, so a year when my daughter was a year. And then we got engaged that December. So June and then we – June was when we were officially boyfriend and girlfriend. We mm-hmm. had that little hiccup in like October and right. that lasted 24 hours. And then – we got engaged in December and then we got married that following January. So not like a month later, but a following year. Um, right. And so during that time frame, like my mom was like in and out of treatments, but was still doing, still doing good. Um, mm-hmm. She was like very much into the wedding planning. Um, and I'm very much like a DIY bride. So like I've been planning things forever. Like I, To the point where I had found my wedding dress on Pinterest years before I even met my husband. Like I was like, this is this is the dress I'm getting married in. And that was the dress I got married in. I flew to Chicago um, and got that dress. And so I had so many great moments during that, you know, engagement period um, where, you know, I got to go on those trips with my mom to Chicago. Those were some of our last vacations together. Um, was going to get my wedding dress. Um, we had to go twice, one to get it and then one for alterations. Um, and so in both of those times, my best friend at the time um, moved or she lived in Iowa. And so she was able to drive to Chicago and come to all my, my dress fittings and things like that. So like it all happened for a reason. Um, and during that time, I was um, still working. I had gone from, I worked at Zara when I first had my daughter. I quit Forever 21, worked at Zara. I ran the kids department there um, and opened up the Bellevue location. So I was again working like 60 plus hours a week, but it was like great pay. I was salary and I was like, I'm just going to stick with it. But then it just mm-hmm. became too much. And so I worked at a place called Z Gallery, which is a home interior store. Um, and I was a merchandiser. And so I got to work Monday through Friday. I didn't have to work weekends. I took a big pay cut, but I like negotiated. I was like, if I'm gonna take this pay cut, I am not working weekends. I am out of here by a certain time. I will come in in the morning. And like they agreed. And I was like, cool. Like I found a way to trick the retail system and I can stay in retail and not work retail hours. Um, and so like all that was happening and everything. And like my mom seemed fine. Like 
to me, she seemed fine. I I believe, and I, I haven't had these conversations to this day with like my family mm-hmm. and like my brothers because I just, I don't really want to open up those wounds or like feel mm-hmm. mad at them because I do think that they were like protecting me, you know, protecting my daughter, like all these things. But, you know, I think there was a lot of conversation and a lot of things that were happening behind the scenes that I didn't know about because- mm-hmm fast forward, it's January time, I'm getting married. And again, my mom, you'll see her like, in my wedding photos, wedding videos, she is like skinnier, but she lost a lot of weight throughout the process. So it wasn't anything alarming to me. Um, She seemed fine. She's dancing on the dance floor. Some of my favorite parts of my video is her like dancing. Mm -hmm. And then we go on our honeymoon, like a couple days or a week after um, we had our wedding, we went on a cruise for a week. We came back and I would say like probably a week or two to month max that we came back. Um, she just started going downhill. Like it was like, it was like she was holding out for the wedding or like holding out for me to like meet my husband and all this stuff. And then like, just like released it, you know, and her body just gave out. And then like hospice was showing up at our house, like, like the funeral people were coming to our house. Like it, this is definitely where I'm going to get like choked up. But like, it was like night and day of like having my mom dancing at my wedding mm-hmm. to us now planning her funeral. And I was like, you know, you're talking about like, was I shocked in that moment of finding out? I was not shocked in that moment of finding out that she was sick. Like I was shocked in that moment of finding out that like I am in a matter of weeks to months, like not going to have a mom anymore. And like my mom is like my best friend, like still, mm-hmm. like she's not here, but she's my best friend. And to find that out so fast. And also because now I'm a mom too. And mm-hmm. like my daughter was so close with my mom. And I'm so thankful for that because, you know, she, remembers everything you know she she has so many memories with her and people think it's just wild that my daughter remembers because my daughter's now about to be eight and she was like three when she passed but she remembers Mm -hmm. everything she remembers vacations like she remembers everything and like I think that is like my mom and god you know keeping those memories in her and like we talk about her I have pictures of my mom everywhere like my son never met her like in person. I hope that they met up there before, but like they mm-hmm. haven't met in person, but he knows he's, he's pictures and he's like, oh, that's Alma. That's what everyone called my, my kids call her Alma because my daughter couldn't pronounce grandma. So she's <laughs> Alma. Um, and so, you know, like finding that out, like pretty soon after we got back from our honeymoon was like mm-hmm. a lot to process. So I took a, a FMLA leave from work. Mm-hmm. Um which like, you know, if you work anywhere and your company has those and you're going through like a time frame like this, even if you don't know what's going on, like take those leave of absences, like that's what they're there for. Yeah. Um, and I took that. I'm so glad I did because I had my job secured. Like I wasn't getting paid. So like, mm-hmm. that's like a thing, like why a lot of people don't want to take them, but I wasn't getting paid, but I did have my husband at the time. Um, or he still is my husband. He's not gone. Um, but I had my husband and he was, um, like able to support me and stuff like that. And 
you know, so I could take that time with my mom and I was with her every day. Um, I was at her house. I got a babysitter um, for when time started getting harder. Um, I had my daughter with me there most of the time. Um, but once we got close to the end of her life, like she was, you know, like a skeleton, like we had to mm. bathe her and all those things. And it was pretty traumatic um, mm. for me to go through, let alone like having my daughter see it all the time. So I did, you know, kind of pick and choose the times I had her over there. Um, but, you know, cause we did in-home hospice. So oh, yeah. my family came and they like helped take care of her. One of my cousins lived with us from the minute we got the news to like after she passed oh, and like was her sole like caregiver other than like the hospice team that would come in. Um, and you know, it was a lot, like we are thankful that we were able to do that and had yeah. that time with her, but it was also like, you know, hard because those are those last memories I have of her, but I always choose to remember her as how she was dancing at my wedding, not oh. how she was when I saw her on the bed, when my stepdad came in to our kitchen and told us oh. that she was gone. So oh. it's like, it's, it, it was very traumatic. Um, but I believe that like everything, having my daughter, meeting my husband, us getting engaged so quickly, getting married, you know, those trips that I took to show, you know, everything happened for a reason mm -hmm. because I didn't know that I, that was my last year with my mom was right. my engagement year. And like, it breaks my heart when I see, on TikTok all the time of like <clears throat> girls like not having their mom mm -hmm. at their weddings and stuff like that. And like, you know, I'm so thankful that I got to have my mom there and got to, you know, experience those moments with her of getting ready with her. And, you know, I have my favorite photo of her and my daughter walking down the aisle after the wedding and, and my daughter's just like looking up at my mom and it is like my favorite photo of them. And I wouldn't have had those those memories. And so, um, it all happened for a reason, but it was definitely like, it was very traumatic. Um, like how yeah. fast it, how fast it happened at the end. Yeah. And like for anybody who has lost, um, somebody super close, like, I feel like that's, you know, um, what they try and think of is like all the like really good times as opposed to like the last leg of their life, if they got to experience that with them, um, is like looking back at those memories of like, these really great times and then also you touched on like taking a leave of absence and I just want to reiterate that because you will never regret taking like whatever time off from your work or you know school or whatever it is to spend time with somebody that you love that you won't have time with later on and I mean that goes for like even just things like we had this conversation and um my mastermind um that I'm part of and you know, one of the members wanted to take time off um, for spring break with her child and go away, but she didn't know how to navigate like calls and stuff. And I looked at her and I was like, listen, I don't even have kids, but the one thing that I do regret is not moving work things um, or like things for my business to be there for certain life events for family and friends both combined because those are things that I just won't get back for what, like a call that could have been moved to the week after. Um, so yeah, just if those leave of absences are there, take them. And even if they're not, 
create them and tell your, you know, your worker, whatever that like, Hey, I need to do this because you won't ever regret it. Yeah, definitely. I think it's like, you know, it's very like taboo or like not, it's like frowned upon in the online space to like do that for your own business. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that just like, shouldn't be the case. Like just because we don't have a FMLA program at the social lifestyle co like I'm creating one myself you know what I mean like it's like I will take time off if I need to like you know like I wasn't feeling good over the spring break time with my kids mm-hmm. and also my in-laws were here and I structure my business around these two weeks where like you know I have this podcast and one other one and that's like the only calls I'm taking during these time frames mm-hmm. and that's how I'm like setting those boundaries and giving myself time to like recover from not feeling well, spend time with my kids, spend time with my in-laws because like you said, like we're, I'm not going to get this time back. And my daughter said to me like the other day, it like blew my mind is like how fast like kids grow up. But like, she's like, Oh, like how old will Caden be in two years? I'll be like, Oh, he'll be like almost six. And like that, like I was like, what? Like two years is like nothing. And my little baby who like will always be my little baby, he's about to be four, will be almost six years old in two years. Like I was just like, I cannot like wrap my head around that. And, but it's like that, those little things of like, gosh, like we don't have like time isn't promised. And, you know, I, my husband hates when I say this, but like, I think because of everything I've gone through with my mom and also going through cancer with my dad, I have a very high chance of like getting cancer in my life because of my genes. And because my mom had cancer, my dad had cancer, both my grandparents had cancer, like it is very like prominent in my family. And so I am trying to do all the things I'm like really trying to get my health in order and, you know, do things to prevent it as much as I can. Um, But I'm also like very in tuned with my body. Like I have to get regular like endoscopies to check for stomach ulcers because of my mom and like things like that. Um, And I, because of that, like I do live life a certain way because I've been through these experiences where I'm like, this isn't promised. Tomorrow's not promised. I, you know, even if it's not cancer, you can get hit by a car. Like there's so Mm -hmm. many things that can happen in your life that, you know, could prevent you from living your next day. And, you know, my mom lived her life to the fullest from the minute, you know, from her whole life, but especially when she was going through treatment and I was just so proud of her. And like, it really showed me that like, you know, no matter what kind of times you're going through, like you can still be choose to be positive about it. And I think that's why she lived as long as she did. I think that if she wasn't that way, we would have had a way shorter time with her. And -hmm. I think because she was a fighter and so positive and she was like, you know, I'm going to make it through this time, especially when she like saw me and Taylor, like I'm going to make it through this time of my daughter's wedding. And it's like, she was putting everything into making it through that moment because I can't, fathom how right after my wedding like what would have else happened where she literally like deteriorated like the minute after we had our wedding and I didn't even know at my wedding she was feeling super sick she didn't tell me my aunt's nail and they were like we're getting her through this wedding and then it was just downhill from there and so I really think that like she was doing what she could to get through that moment Um, and I'm, I'm so grateful for it. 
I totally believe in like people waiting for things to happen before they leave. Cause even thinking about like my grandpa, so my dad's dad, um, my dad's entire family is in Australia. Um, so we're like the only ones out here. Um, and it's a very long flight, but when, you know, the same thing happens or happened with my grandpa and he really started to deteriorate, we didn't know if my dad was going to make it, um, on like this 13, 14 hour flight, um, from here to be there for like those last moments. Um, but then he did. And then it was just kind of like the end. And yeah, we always say the same thing as like, he was just waiting, you know, to see like his, I guess, last son. Um, cause everybody else had gotten there by this time, um, to finally just like say his goodbyes. So yeah, I'm pretty sure so many people can probably resonate as well, um, with that. And so what did, um, it look like kind of afterwards? Yeah. So afterwards, I, again, I was still on leave for work. Um, I think it was like a six, six month or you can extend a year or whatever for like job Mm -hmm. security kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I extended as long as I could, but I was very upfront. I was really close to my manager, um, and everyone at the store. There's only like six of us that work there. And so like, I was very close with all of them. Um, my district managers, like they all reached out to me, like when it happened. And, um, I was super grateful for that. Cause it could have been, you know, a different experience for like, well, when are you going to get back to work? You know, kind of thing. Um, but everyone was very like, you know, understanding of things. Um, and I made clear to them that like, I didn't know if I was going to come back, but I did want to, you know, take some time to like grieve and mm-hmm. then figure things out. Um, so I did have that time, but I, it was really hard for me. Um, I, I was like the, we had our, had our funeral. Um, and that was hard because like, it's everyone like giving you well wishes and, you know, like all this stuff. And it's just like, and my mom did like an open casket, which like was very traumatic for me to witness personally. Um, and so I was supposed to like give like a, like a speech or whatever at the funeral. And like, I couldn't do it. Um, my best friend read it for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I was a mess, but like, I am so again, thankful that I had my husband there, you know, like I had, like, he was like my rock during all of that. And I, I couldn't, you know, when you ask like, oh, like when I was in the delivery room, like, you know, did I wish that I had someone there? And it's like, no, but that moment of like losing my mom, like if I wouldn't have had someone then, like mm-hmm. God knows where I would be right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Like even the day after or the day of her funeral, you know, like I came home and I drank a whole bottle of wine to myself. Mm-hmm. First and last time that I will ever do that. Um, because I was so sick, um, the next day. Um, but I just like sat in the bathtub and I just kept drinking wine and drinking Mm -hmm. wine. Um, but I had my husband there, like he sat Mm -hmm. on the bathroom floor with me and he just sat with me. He was there like for whatever I needed. Um, he took as much time off of work as he could. Um, we had family in town for a while, Um, I had people that, you know, came in town, like I had friends that flew in and, you know, surprised me and came like I had a friend that flew in just for the funeral and left right afterwards. And, you know, things like that, like people showed up. Um, and I'm so grateful for those people in my life. Um, and, but afterwards, you know, I did have a hard time of kind of grasping how life was going to be now. 
Mm. Um, my, you know, I didn't have the best relationship with my dad growing up. Um, my parents went through like a really nasty divorce. Um, and I was kind of like the pawn in between the two of them of, you know, uh, custody and stuff like that. Cause I was the only one still not 18 when they got divorced. Mm. So I was going through custody stuff where I'm like, dude, just let me choose like which house I want to go to. Like I'm in high mm. school, but I was still like Washington is very much a family state and they were right. like granted the custody battle or whatever. And so I had to go back and forth without a choice to my mm. parents. House. So it really caused a lot of strain in my relationship with my dad because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, And so like when she passed, I was just like, so frustrated because I didn't have the best relationship with my dad. So it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, like I'm losing. It's not like I lost my mom, but still had like my dad. Like I did still have my dad, but like we weren't super close. But like Mm -hmm. as time has gone on, and I think because of losing my mom um, and like because of like us, like with me having kids and stuff, like we've gotten so close were now like then when my dad got sick, like I was a wreck. Like mm. when he called and told me so a year ago, um, like in the winter time, he called and told me that he ha- was sick. Like I had I kept seeing him. We would FaceTime and I was like, you don't look right. And he's like, I know I like keep getting sick. I don't know what's going on. And I was like, go to the doctor. My dad is not a doctor person. And I was like, go yeah, to the doctor. It's dads. It's men. Because my husband's the same way. Like, yeah, he is, like, so not a doctor person. Yeah, yeah like, it's wild. Lightest inconvenience. And I'm, like, in the ER. I'm also, like, a major hypochondriac, which is, like, a oh, me too. on its own. Um, But, like, yeah, I just don't get it. Guys, just go to the fucking doctors. It's insane. Like, I'm the same way. I have, like, this, like – like thing on my arm where I'm like oh my god do I need to go to the ER like I was literally showing my husband and he's like it's probably just like a pimple or something I'm like no like it's an abscess and then like I could like go into like sepsis and like I'm the same way like I'm like freaking out over something <laughs> and so my dad's like not going to the doctor and then finally I was like okay you are going and he told when he told me he had cancer like he was crying and so thankful that I pushed him to go to the doctor because it ended up being throat cancer. And like, I kept seeing like his, like, like one side of his neck was swollen. Like mm. his like face seemed like a little droopy. I thought he was like in like stroke stages or something. Like that's why wow. I was like, you need to go in and it ended up being cancer. Um, And like, when I heard that word, like I just like, like started bawling. Like I wow. told my husband, like I could not have this conversation. Like, I think I left the room, like my husband stayed on the phone, like, like, I was just a mess because I was like, I can't go through this again. Like I am finally at a point where me and my dad's relationship is so much better. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, I go from losing my mom best friend to like, now my dad's becoming my dad best friend. And now I'm going to lose him where I'm like, like, why is this happening to me? Like, I'm like, who has the Terran voodoo doll out there and is like putting pins in it? Because Mm -hmm. I'm over this shit. And so we found that out. And then so he started going through his treatments. And, and, you know, again, dads, he, you know, didn't want to go through his treatments and stuff. And I'm like, listen, like, I am not losing another parent. Like, get your life together. 
And like his treatment and like my mom's treatment were so different. My mom's like, I got this. Like, I'm going to, you know, my dad's like, this sucks. Like, oh, I don't want to do this, you know? And I'm like, dude, it's like having a child. Like, right. go to your treatments. Um, like, I know it sucks, like, but you have to do it. And so he went through it. Thankfully, he's all clear now. Um, but, you know, it was very traumatic. Like, I've mm-hmm. gone through, ke- like, gone through chemo, gone through radiation, gone through surgeries with my mom and everything. And then now I'm going through it with my dad. Um, thankfully my dad made it out on the other side. Um, but it's like, you know, it was really hard to go through that after just grieving my mom. So, um, you know, I'm still, I still have times where, I mean, I've cried like most of this podcast episode, but I mean, I do have times where I have really hard days and I think, you know, one of my cousins, she just lost her dad when my cousin-in-law is my husband's cousin's wife, whatever that yeah. is, my cousin. Um, And yeah, so she just lost her dad. And like we were, she had texted me and was like, like, I am, this is his, it's her birthday. And she was like, this is my first birthday without my dad. And like, I, she's like, I don't know anyone really other than you that's like gone through grief. And like, I don't really know who else to turn to. Like I'm having a hard time. So for like anyone that's going through grief and things like that, and like me and her like aren't best friends, like we're not the closest, but like she felt okay to reach out to me. And I'm so glad she Mm -hmm. did because, you know, if you are going through grief or anything like that, like reach out to people And that's like what really I did. And I think if I didn't lean on the people closest to me, I would be a lot worse than I am now. And I'm like, I'm still going through stuff. Um, But when I'm having hard days, like the other day, I just like had a wave of memories of my mom. Just like, it just hits me like a train sometimes. And I texted my husband and I was like, hey, like I'm having like a mom moment. Like I need a second he knows that that means like I need time away from the kids. Like I'm going to sit in my bed for a little bit. Um, I am on anxiety and, um, antidepressant medication. Um, and it took me a while to do that. It took me a long time for me to like get on medication. Um, because I felt like, oh, I failed if I'm on medication. Like, oh, I'm like a problem. Like I need this to be a normal human. Um, And I feel like I just had to change my mindset about medication. I'm so glad I did because it definitely changed and made me to be able to function. Like I wasn't functioning as a mom. I wasn't functioning as a wife. Um, I definitely couldn't show up in my business. Like I obviously left my retail job and started my own company And there's no way that I could do all that kind of stuff if I wouldn't have taken time for my mental health, which also included being on medication. So um, doing those things and like really relying on people and like feeling like you're not a burden. I like I feel like with my husband a lot of times, like my husband, he fortunately hasn't experienced death in his life. He's lost like his great uncle, I think. And like he has all of his grandparents alive, all of his parents alive, like no one's ever died And so it is, we are polar opposites in that Mm -hmm. perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, We're like, it's, it's just, I feel like I felt, I felt for a long time, like a burden to him Mm -hmm. where I'm like, gosh, you married this girl, like has a kid, her mom dies, like, and then her dad has cancer. I have a lot of like underlying health issues. I've had surgeries um, mm-hmm. after my son was born. 
I had a really hard time recovering and I actually ended up having to have an ablation and my tubes removed because I didn't stop bleeding after I had my son um, for months and it was during COVID. And so they didn't put me as a high risk surgery, like, or like a, uh, I was technically still an elective surgery, um, because I wasn't like dying. Um, even though I was like losing way too much blood because of, because of COVID, it just is what it was. Um, Mm -hmm. I was still like an elective surgery. And so we had to go through all of that. Um, so we can't have any more kids because of that. And, you know, I just felt like such a burden to him Mm -hmm. and, I finally had to be like open and honest with those conversations with him to yeah. hear that I wasn't. Um, and, you know, we went through therapy and stuff like that because, you know, I really felt that way. I felt like, you know, you'd be better off with someone else that like it has their life together and, you know, hasn't gone through like death either and, you know, is super healthy all the time and stuff like that. Like I just felt like I was like this walking dark cloud Um, and I think after having those conversations and like feeling so much better about that, it's really helped, but it didn't, that didn't happen until I was open and honest about my feelings, about what I was going through with grief, about what I was going through with my mental health, um, Mm -hmm. for us to get to a place where we are now. Um, and for me to get to a place where I can know I can go to him and let him know that I'm having a hard day or, you know, if I need to take my anxiety medication, Um, If I need to take a step back, if I need to go on a drive, if I need to like go to the gym or something to like do something for my mental health, like to do that and to not feel guilty about doing it, especially when it comes to my like grieving journey. For sure. And I love that you said um, to lean on people. And if there isn't somebody close in your life, then know that there's like so many resources out there as well for people to just listen. Um, And also know that grief isn't like this linear like sure thing that hey it's gonna you know last this amount of time like people process grief in so many different ways and I feel like that's a conversation on its own um but also just like reminding yourself that and I guess you have to do this as well Taryn is like hey this is my journey and this is what it looks like and it looks very different than you know my cards that have been dealt to me are very different than the person standing next to me but that's okay and you know, you can figure out a way to make sure that's okay. You did bring something up of like you feeling like a burden and like this dark cloud and stuff. But the way that I think I see like you explaining all of that and like wanting to change and like having those conversations and being very, very open with it is so different from like even me just like looking at the person I was just with um, who, you know, was an actual dark cloud unlike yourself because you are not that um of like just not even wanting to change their shit and being okay with like just being shitty all the time and there's yeah there's two different things when I look at those and I look at you and like you know you being like okay no I need to you know get on antidepressants and um anxiety medication and stuff like that like I want to show up for those people around me the way that they're showing up for me as opposed to you know just constantly sitting in your shit and letting your shit kind of rule your life. Exactly. And I think because of like the relationship I had with my mom of her being my best friend, Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, like I want my kids to have those memories with me 
And my mom didn't have like the best life growing up. My mom was a single mom and had my son or had my son, had my brother when she was 15. Mm-hmm. And and so my mom was also, and this always blows people's mind when I say this, my mom was also the youngest of 15 children. Um, and so, yeah, I know. Like, I have two kids and I'm like, what? Um, but yeah, so I am half Mexican. So I think it's just the Mexican side of, I mean, all of my family, They, it's huge. I have over 40 first cousins. So like our family is ginormous. And so I, I think because of like, Seeing my mom, I know that she went through like tough things in her life and then came out on the other side and like, yes, she went through like her health issues, but she did live a good life. And even though she had hard cards dealt to her, she still showed up as a mom. Mm -hmm. And I like had to take a hard look at myself and I was like, I'm not showing up as the mom that I want to be right now. And because of that, like I knew that I needed to make that change. And I think for me, even if I didn't have kids, you know, how I was showing up as a wife, how I was showing up as a friend, like, it just wasn't, like, it wasn't for me, like, and I needed to make that change. And like you said, like, everyone's experience is going to be different. Like, when my cousin reached out to me, I was like, listen, I am not one that's going to, like, bullshit you and be like, oh, it gets better in a couple years. Like, Mm -hmm. I am five years in and like it'll be five years this may that my mom passed and it is still super hard mm-hmm. so you know it it's different for everyone totally um and <coughs> sorry now no you're totally fine okay so now you have two kids you're married and you know just doing the life thing um what made you move down to arizona <laughs> Yeah. So stark difference from Seattle. Yeah. So we moved to Arizona um, in August of 2022. Um, So I always like to put dates depending on when you're listening to this podcast. So in August of 22, it is now March of 2023. So we've been here for a little while. um, And we just wanted a change. Um, again, I think it's just a life experiences that I've been through of like life's mm-hmm. so short that I, I'm like, if we haven't like are thinking about it, like why not? You know, like right. I work for myself so I can work anywhere. My husband was working for a company at the time and then he got um a, a job at um sorry, my brain just like malfunction for a second. Um, my husband got a job at Wizards of the Coast who makes Dungeons and Dragons. Um, so yes, my husband works for Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, um, and, uh, yeah, full circle. Cause he like played it growing up. Um, mm-hmm. he still plays here and there, like with his friends. I'm like, okay, like just know, like I am not a Dungeons and Dragons wife, so I will be not be putting on elf ears or anything like that. So, um, as long as we're clear on that, um, no role playing in that department. Um, but, uh, so he got a job with them and it is all remote. So when we, when he got that offer, he was like, okay, I'll accept this, at, like this pay. And if it can be remote and they accepted uh-huh. that. And so we were like, okay, like, again, it felt like signs were moving us like to, we should take this change. And especially because our kids are young. So I have a seven and three-year-old. So I'm like, they're not rooted in school at all because of the pandemic too. Like 
most of my daughter's schooling was virtual. So like, she's not really rooted in friends yet. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. all of our family is in Washington. Yes. Um, But we were like, you know, it's not that far away. And before our kids get like, I don't want to be that mom that's like, I don't care that you have 10 best friends. Like I'm moving you to a different state. And so I wanted to move them when they were younger. And like, we're like, let's try it out. The market's really hot in Washington to sell. It's Mm -hmm. cooling off in Arizona. So like, this is a time to like sell our house and buy a house. So we have way much more, like way, a way bigger house here. We both have offices. Like it just fits so much better for our lifestyle. Um, and we want our kids to be outside. And it's funny because we move here and everyone thinks that we brought the rain with us because this has been the <laughs> rainiest time that Arizona has had in like a very long time, which is good because of like the drought situation. Right. Um, but you know, it all works out. So we're like, you're, you're welcome. Like, we brought you some water. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually that. like sent from heaven. I brought you guys some water. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, so yeah, we moved here and it's been great. Um, We've had, you know, ups and downs of like missing family, especially with our kids. Um, But at the same time, like it's really helped us to like really grow as a family dynamic of like just us. I think when you're so like, I love our family so much. And like we lived so close to my husband's family. Like we were like five, 10 minutes away from his parents, like his grandparents. It was so nice to have family around, but it also kind of like, when you're that close in location with family, it yeah. kind of keeps you from like being a family of who's in your house. You know what oh. I mean? Like, and so I wanted just like us to build our own traditions, like to like have dinner at the table together and like, you know, get the kids involved in sports and like do all these things. And like, we can do sports year round here. And like it, right. that's kind of stuff is so nice. And I just wanted to start building those memories and that family dynamic. And I feel like that's really evolved since we've been here. Um, Like one of my friends, uh, she always says like now, like, gosh, like since you moved here, like you guys are like out all the time and doing all these things. And she's like, it's so nice to see you like thriving and blossoming and your family like thriving. Um, And it's so true. Like, you know, my kids are in sports. I'm my daughter's softball coach. My husband's my son's uh, soccer coach. Like, you know, we are just like really like living in our element here. Um, Like all of my mom dreams are coming true right now. I'm like, yes, like I live for coaching. Um, And so I just like, I don't know, we love it. Um, It's definitely been a change, especially weather wise. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, I really enjoy it, especially because we get to be outside so much. Oh my gosh, I love that. I think I saw a golf cart um, that you guys might Yes, own. we do have so a jealous. golf cart. <laughs> yeah, so we are rocking one car right now. Um, my husband, um, we sold his car before we moved because it was like kind of like a piece of crap. And I'm like, listen, like <laughs> I'm not spending the money to like take that car down to Arizona. Right. <laughs> so um, we're going to get rid of it. And I'm like, why not just like get a golf cart? So way less money. My daughter's school is in our neighborhood. So we just drive the golf cart to school and then we have a community pool and I'm like, I don't like pool water in the car. So I'm like, it's just so convenient to have. Um, And like Halloween here is crazy in Arizona. Like people go all out for Halloween. So like we like drove the golf cart around the neighborhood for Halloween. It's like stuff like, and the kids didn't have to wear jackets over their costumes. Like they could actually like wear their costumes because it's warm outside Um, where it's like, not like, Hey, get your rain boots on and your rain jacket in Washington. Those so it's right around that. Time. Oh my gosh. It's like, 
like a little mermaid costume over like this giant snow jacket or something (laughs) literally it is so true and i'm like gosh we don't have to do that like the kids can wear we did jurassic park this year so we did our golf cart with like jurassic park logos um i was like a ranger i had like my shirt all ripped up my husband was the old guy he's gonna hate me for not knowing his name but like the (laughs) the main guy of jurassic park um and my kids were dinosaurs and i'm like you guys can just wear your costumes like they're like do we need our coats i'm like no you don't (laughs) i love this so much well you seem like you are completely thriving and i love watching you know everything kind of unfold for you on social and see kind of what's going on but also seeing like the real um parts of just like life happening but i also love that you you know said that hey you never know what tomorrow is going to look like. So if you're listening, this is your reminder to just go do the damn thing. Whatever it is that you want to do, um, figure it out along the way, but just go fucking do it because you don't know what tomorrow looks like and who's going to be around. And so, yeah, call your mom, call your dad, call your siblings, everybody, and um, never lose, I think, the moment to tell people that you love them. I think that's such an important thing that I think I just like took away as you were talking as well is like, just, yeah, remember that these moments are like, you know, so in the moment that, um, you just never know what it's going to look like afterwards. And so that being said, um, what is a message? So like, if your kids are listening to this, say like, 15 years from now, um, Taryn, what is a message that you would tell them? Yeah, so I would say if I was talking to my kids in 15 years from now or anyone's kids that are listening to this um, is kind of along what Alicia was saying is like, don't take the family dynamic that you have like for granted, um, but also remember that like you can make your own family if you need to. So like, Mm -hmm. God forbid, I'm not here anymore. Or like your parents aren't there anymore. Like lean on other people that are in your life to be your family too. Like Mm -hmm. my best friend's parents are like my second parents, like, you know, my in-laws like lean on those people. Um, because you know, they're there for you and they're put in your life for a reason. Um, and you know, just take every day and and live it like it's your last because you just don't know. Um, and like you said, never forget to say, I love you. I say, I love you to like everyone. Um, my husband's family was not very like huggy or saying, I love you or anything until I became in the family. Um, and now like literally my husband was like, I never like got hugs or like said, I love you and stuff like that. And then I came in the family and it was like completely different. Like I will say it to you and hug you no matter what. Um, and so I would just say to make sure you guys are doing that and, um, just not forget, you know, the people that are close to you and it's okay to eliminate the people that aren't meant to be in your life too. Mm, Amen. Amen. Well, Taryn, it was so great having this conversation with you. And um, like the premise of this entire podcast, we are here for a good time and not a long time. So take all those words um, and soak in them and just go live your best life. Taryn, where can people find you? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. The Social Lifestyle Co. is very business focused. So it is about systems. Um, But I talk about it in a way that you can use systems to 
build your business around your life and not the other way around, um, which is, you know, what I'm really focused on, especially because of my grieving journey is to make sure that I am able to take time off of work when I need to set boundaries with clients, you know, and do all that. And that's what we help our clients do, um, is to have those systems. So if you're interested in the business side of things, you can, um, chat with me over there. Um, but even if you're going through a grieving journey and you want to chat, like my DMs are always open. Um, so feel free to message me on Instagram and I'm happy to chat with you. Amazing. And you also have a podcast. Yes. Yeah. My podcast is She Can Systemize, um, which you can find on any podcast platform, um, which again is about business systems. Amazing. Well, thanks so much, Karen. And we will catch you all on the next episode.